Welcome to KC Corner, Episode 6. Today we are looking back at Part 8 of the Triumph of the Lamb in the Church of Philadelphia, and then looking ahead to Part 9 at the Church of Laodicea. Jeff also talks about a couple new books that he is going through in his devotionals. Let's go. Welcome to Casey Corner, Episode 6. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brooks. Is this Episode 6? Episode 6. Wow. We're rolling. We we're are rolling. rolling. That's awesome. And today we're doing a little afternoon session instead of our early mornings with the birds tweeting in the background and everything. Yeah, that's true. You had a late night last night. Work was catching up to you, so... Uh... Thanks had to, had to sleep in a little bit. I like it. You got your beauty sleep. Looking good. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm the listener. We got to make a video version of this. So they can oh, see that would be great. <laughs> can we, can we like dub people in that we want to be? You yeah, know? exactly. So, exactly. Only let our friends in. I love it. <laughs> well, let's take a look back at last week, a part eight of Triumph of the Lamb series uh, with the Church of Philadelphia. Um, yeah. One of the few churches that didn't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, you know, a great church, uh, in many ways a favorite church. Maybe of all the seven churches, the one that uh, gets the most praise um, and was small and not very big, but, you know, they were faithful and true. And I love that because it really encourages me about King's Chapel. Although we're a church plant and small, may we be faithful and true. And really what I hope to say last week, what I meant to say was that even though they're small and even though they were clearly uh, suffering from some persecution, uh, God was using them. And the reality was, is because of who Jesus is and what he had done, because he is the Holy One, because he is the true one. He had these keys, these keys to the kingdom, uh, the key of David and what he opens, no one can shut and what he shuts, no one can open. And the bottom line was, Brooks, is there was a door that God opened for them and they were going through it. And it's a door that's still open for us in the gospel, you know, and that the door that is open first and foremost is that we, because of who Jesus is and because of his life, death and resurrection, we have access to God. And there's a door open to heaven. There's a door open to eternal life and the messianic kingdom that Jesus has forever opened um, because of who he is and what he's done. And, you know, first and foremost, as a pastor, I just pray that everyone goes through that door, just knows the joy of knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that their sins were forgiven. But there's also a door of opportunity that they had open. And that door of opportunity probably was serving their neighbor, you know, loving their neighbor as herself uh, for the glory of their great God, for the good of their neighbor. So uh, what I was really trying to say is, hey, they're small, but they're faithful. And they're faithful really based on who Jesus is and what he's done. And they had a door that, that they went through that we have to go through as well. Right. And going through that door, I know we talk about it in our young adult small group, uh, kind of giving meaning to your to your work, whether I know Davis is uh, making his transition into some of his ventures and just um, kind of trying to find that door of what career path he wants to go to and what kind of brings him life and uh, can bring other people happiness and how he can affect people. So Exactly. And, you know, and I guess like it's a 24-7 door that's open to us, not just the church door. But it's not just an individual thing as well. It's also a group thing. How can King's Chapel, what door is specifically open for our little church together collectively to try to be a blessing to our community for the glory of God? Yeah, I think for the women's ministry choices, I think, that, did that even start before King's Chapel or was it, it right? Okay. It did. Yeah, it's something that we brought into them. And so 
But even that Orlando Urban Rescue Mission of the things we were able to give to them, and they gave us a shout out on Instagram, thanking us. But, you know, the church has to be, go through that open door, be the salt and light, show the love of Christ to our neighbors, um, bring the kind of the shalom of God, the peace of God to what is broken. And uh, what a privilege is ours to do just that. It's a lot of fun to bring joy to people's lives. And that's how you grow a small church as well as going out in the community and helping people. And Exactly. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, and by the way, also what you meant to say is you just can't get over the way Jesus describes uh, who the conquerors are in Christ Jesus and how much he loves us. He wants to you know, write his name on us, uh, to give, write his address on us, that make us a pillar in the temple. Basically, he's saying is, I always want to be with you. You will be mine. You know, we're going to hang together for all eternity. And what, what a great joy is ours just to be reminded that our God truly is Emmanuel, a God with us. And he's with us now in spirit. And one day we'll be with him uh, physically face to face. But we just have that guarantee and that hope, which uh, really brings hope for today. Well, that was a great recap, and now we can jump right into part nine, the final church on the stop here. Yeah, uh, final church. Land. It's amazing of the seven. Laodicea, in so many ways, I think Laodicea kind of describes the church in the 21st century more than any other church, and it was because they were lukewarm. It's interesting that, that God says to him, listen, I wish you were either hot or that you were cold. And the Greek there is, I wish you were either icy cold or burning hot. I just hate the fact that you're lukewarm and Brooks, how do you like the feeling of being nauseous? Isn't that one of the grossest feelings ever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just hate being nauseous. I just recently had the flu, but thank God I wasn't nauseous. That seems to be the worst feeling. And it seems to be that the church in Laodicea made God feel nauseous. Uh, He's like, I want to spit you out of my mouth. And, you know, uh, just the thought of, man, is there anything that we could do to kind of makes God feel nauseous. And and that's being lukewarm. And I think it's really interesting of why they were lukewarm, because they were so self-sufficient. They thought they were rich, but they weren't. They thought they were self-made, but they weren't. And because they thought they were big in their own eyes, they only needed a small savior. And when you only need a small savior, you only need a lukewarm Christianity. And and that's where they were. And uh, he, he was saying to them, hey, you got to understand that you, you aren't rich and you're kind of poor and pitiful and, and you got to come to me. And so this there's a great challenge in this because I believe that in all of our lives and in the church today, we have a tendency to be lukewarm. And how do we keep that fire burning? But there's one picture of what I hope to say that is so clear. If you think of that nauseous feeling that we kind of bring about sometimes when we are lukewarm, It also shows us a picture of Jesus at a door knocking. And I can't get over how loving that is. When you don't, you know, you're kind of saying, man, your behavior makes me feel sick, but I'm just going to keep knocking. And just the grace of God never to give up and just to be there for us. And so that just gives me great hope. So what I really hope to see is that uh, we'll examine ourselves. Are we lukewarm? And uh, what do we do to, you know, move uh, the needle from lukewarm to living passionately for God day to day. It's really easy to find yourself in that 
lukewarm area. Um, you know, you have to make a conscious decision to stand for something that you believe in, uh, uh, fight back a little bit, um, and make a stand. So it's definitely easy to fall in that lukewarmness. Yeah, I, f- I think so too. And, you know, I think it's almost, what's that law of thermodynamics that it just kind of... That's uh, over my head. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I have it where that's just kind of the natural tendency is going to go uh, to that that level of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was kind of picturing this as like cruise control Christianity. And I think there's a lot of ways we want to cruise control Christianity. And that's not what God wants of us. Uh, you know, we're running a race mm-hmm. and we got to do it with vil- with diligence and um, to be vil- uh, vigilant. Vigilant. I Thank gotcha. you. Thank gotcha. you, man. You got my back <laughs> there, man. I was not getting that out. So, uh, and you know, not to be in cruise control, but to, to really be pursuing this race um, with fervor and mm-hmm. for God's glory. Yeah, since you used a science and physics analogy, I'll do the math statistics one with like in the meaty part of the bell curve. You know, the yes. one stan- only one standard deviation away. You're not on the end. So very yeah, good. We're nerding out today. We are so, nerding we'll, out. We'll man. college That's lesson awesome. for all you guys. <laughs> That's fantastic. So this Sunday, you guys can hear more about the Church of Laodicea in part nine. Of yeah, the come on out. And then, so this week, we're going to take a look at from Jeff's study and Jeff's devotional here. Uh, he's going to get into a little bit what he's been going through um, and some books and what he's been studying. Uh, thanks, Brooks. And again, I think I've told you in the past that one of the great joys is just trying to spend time with Jesus uh, every day. And, um, you know, I, I'm not 100%, but I try to be, even in my sickness in the last couple of weeks, uh, I've missed a day or two, but I know Jesus still loves me. But I want to talk about two specific things that I've added. And one is from Jerry Bridges called Holiness Day by Day. It's a daily, it's a daily one. Actually, it goes Monday through Saturday and uh, or Monday through Friday. Exactly. And he says, you know, then it says weekend. So I'm like, oh, I got a day off. And uh, uh, but it's kind of a compilation of some of his books. And Jerry Bridges wrote a book that changed my life called Transforming Grace. And this is a guy who wrote some other books like Pursuit of Holiness that really challenged me in my Christian walk. And I and I never felt I was good enough. Um, but when he started to realize God's transforming grace, it transformed him in the gospel. And that book transformed me. And so this holiness day by day, uh, Jerry Bridges is with the Lord now. He started a ministry called Navigators. Um, but it's just a great gospel reminder. And it's a great reminder of why God has called us, uh, like I should say, not to be lukewarm. And so this is new to me. Um, each day is a small little read and it's, it's, it's from one of the books that he has written and uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Again, it's called Holiness Day by Day by Jerry Bridges. And another one I got uh, probably more just for me, I bought actually some copies for some other preacher friends of mine. It's called The Preacher's Catechism by a guy named Lewis Allen, who's a, a Brit. And uh, it kind of follows a similar pattern that things like the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, but it makes it specifically for pastors and just how much we need the gospel and how much it's, it's really interesting. It talks about how typically a Monday is the hardest day for a pastor. Mm-hmm. Usually you pour everything out on Sunday and you realize, ah, I probably left something on the table. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Or the people didn't respond the way you want them to be. Or just all the brokenness we have inside um, that kind of gets magnified preaching through the gospel. So this little devotional, just a reminder of, hey, don't 
don't stop drinking from the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, because as you preach, you're pouring out. Um, you just got to be pouring in um, just so you won't get dry and brittle. And when preachers get dry and brittle, we get even more dangerous. And so great little book. Um, it's it's uh, I'm kind of slowly chewing through it. It's called The Preacher's Catechism. Um, I just happened to find it this year. So those are two from uh, in this year's uh, devotional bag that are new for me that God is just using in a, in a big way to bring blessing to my soul. Yeah, that holiness day by day, it definitely looks like a brand new book because I know some in your study here, it looks like you've had for years gone through multiple times, but it's that was true. a brand new one. It's a brand spanking new <laughs> one, but it's good, man. It's awesome. Well, that's that, that wraps up this episode of KC Corner, and we hope to see you guys this Sunday and next week. And remember, Brooks, there's always room in the corner for you. Always. So, so glad you're here. Thanks for listening, everybody. 